1: In the past five years, the Murray family has become the most high-profile asylum seeker case in Australia. But their fight to stay here started almost 10 years ago and has taken many twists and turns as the couple and their two children fight for permanent residency after the adults' applications for refugee status were rejected. In this Squiz Shortcut, we go through the background to the case, how the central Queensland town of Biloela took them under their wing, and what happens next now that they've gone home to Bilo. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm
0: Claire Kimball.
1: There are four people in the Murruguppen family, Claire, so let's start with the
0: parents, Priya and Nadie's. They are both Tamils. That's an ethnic group native to Sri Lanka. Nadez arrived in Australia in 2012. He arrived on Christmas Island and Priya came in 2013. She arrived in the Cocos Islands. Uh, They were both deemed to be unlawful arrivals. And a bit of background here, uh, many Tamils have sought to come to Australia due to fear of persecution in their home country due to links to the Tamil Tigers. They were a separatist group fighting for an independent homeland for Tamils in the north and east of Sri Lanka.
1: The Tamil Tigers fought and lost a brutal 26-year civil war, which ended in 2009. Some time has passed, but it is still not safe for people who had links to the separatists, according to many human rights groups. Nadis claims he was forced to join the Tamil Tigers in 2001, and before he fled, he says he was harassed by the Sri Lankan military and bears scars from a government bomb blast. Nadis and Priya didn't know each other when they fled to Australia, but met within the Tamil community. Community here.
0: Yeah, they did. And it was here in Australia that the couple married and then settled in that central Queensland town of Biloela in 2014, where they lived and where Nadez worked. Uh, he had a job at the local abattoir and the couple became established within the Biloela community.
1: And they had two daughters there, Kopika, who's now seven, and Tharnica,
0: who's just turned five. Yeah, they did. And then their visas expired in February 2018. And pretty quickly after that, the family were removed uh, from their home by Border Force officials. And they were flown to a detention centre in Broadmeadows in Melbourne. So just to explain that, the family were allowed to live freely in Biloela because they were on a bridging visa while their claims to asylum were being assessed.
1: And the Department of Home Affairs said the family's case had been assessed and didn't meet Australia's protection obligations.
0: Yeah, that's right. And what Priya and Nadez argue is that they are refugees because they believe their lives would be in danger if they were to return to Sri Lanka because of those past links to the Tamil Tigers. The United Nations and human rights groups have continued to document the torture of Tamils in those years since that conflict ended in 2009.
1: The family's argument was rejected by authorities who say they aren't owed
0: protection. So the Murruguppans then applied to the High Court to review their case. They did, but they lost their bid and it was dismissed in May 2019. And there were fears that the family could be deported within days. And what happened was pretty dramatic. They were taken to Melbourne Airport without warning in August. Uh, And then as the plane departed, an interim injunction was granted over the phone by a judge to prevent them from being returned to Sri Lanka. The family's legal team argued that Tharnica's claims for asylum protections have never been established assessed, despite the rest of the family having had their claims looked at, and that bought them some time. It all happened pretty quickly, but basically that
1: injunction forced the plane to land in Darwin, and the family was taken from the aircraft and held at a hotel at Darwin Airport. Long story short, the family were then moved to Christmas
0: Island, which is northwest of Australia. And the family were held in a unit in the centre and they had very few allowances to leave the facility, uh, except for community centre trips that were organised days in advance. Uh, or Kopika, the eldest daughter, she was taken to school by guards. Between 2019 and 2021, it cost $6.7 million to detain the family. And that included, of course, staffing at the centre, health care and ongoing legal costs.
1: In those days, the coalition was in power and some spoke out against the move that was seen by some as heavy-handed. And then Tharnika, the couple's youngest daughter, became ill last year and that catapulted their case back into the national headlines. Let's take a look at that next. (music) Thanika was airlifted to a hospital in Perth with her mother Priya in June 2021. Reports say that she'd been unwell for several days and requests for hospital care were refused, something that the Department of Home Affairs has denied. It was there in Perth, Claire, that she was treated for a blood infection stemming from untreated pneumonia.
0: Yeah, a statement published by the Home to Below campaign, which is a group of friends and supporters who advocated very loudly for the family, uh, said that health services on the remote island had only administered Panadol and Nurofen when Priya raised the alarm about her daughter's condition. Uh, Priya was allowed to travel with Tharnica to Perth, uh, but Nadies and Kopika remained on the island. That, of course, triggered a lot of commentary from politicians, from activists, as well as family
1: friends that were all in support of the Murruguppans.
0: Yeah, it sure did. It was a really big story this time last year. Uh, Labor's then Home Affairs spokeswoman, Christina Keneally, uh, who visited the family on Christmas Island, called for the family to be returned to Biloela. Uh The Greens said the children had been imprisoned uh, and for the coalition's political gain. Uh, but what this period also did was see key figures uh, re-prosecute the arguments for and against their detention. At the time, Home Affairs
1: Minister Karen Andrews said a range of resettlement options were on the table, but she ruled out using her discretion as Home Affairs Minister to grant them a valid visa.
0: Yeah, and this is a key point. The Minister of the Day can grant any detainee a visa if they consider it to be in the public interest to do so. Uh, and it was something that the Coalition did when it was in government. Uh, for example, in 2013, then Immigration Minister Scott Morrison uh, intervened to release a woman with intellectual disabilities into the community with her family, uh, stating that it was necessary because of her immediate mental health and welfare needs.
1: The coalition government didn't go that far in the Murragapen's case, but they did move a little bit.
0: Yeah, so after mounting pressure, the Murragapen family was allowed to live in Perth in community detention while Tharnica underwent treatment in hospital. That arrangement was extended and the family lived there ongoing. Big asterisk though, Claire. Yeah, it was seen as a temporary situation while Mm. the family pursued their case before the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, also in the federal court and in the high court. Uh, What the coalition was very clear about was that it was not a pathway to a visa. And that's because of the government's overarching border security policy.
1: Yep, and that is basically that no one arriving by boat can ever be permanently settled here. And given the Maragupans are not considered refugees and are not owed protections, authorities wanted
0: them to go back to Sri Lanka. And while the coalition's policy that people who arrived in Australia by boat is clear, uh, what they also held is that if a child is found to be owed protection, then that will impact the immigration status of the family members here in Australia. So that's one reason why the case hadn't been settled before the May federal election.
1: And then the election of the Albanese government changed everything for the Murugupan family. Let's get into that now. There was a lot of talk during the election campaign that there was no difference between Labour and the Coalition, but on the Murray case, there really
0: was. Yeah. Labor made a very clear promise that if elected, it would allow the family to return to Biloela, even in the days before the election, uh, which was held on the 21st of May. Then Prime Minister Scott Morrison was asked about it and he said that the courts had found against them and the minister had not intervened because the coalition's position remained to never grant visas to people who have illegally entered Australia.
1: And the reason Morrison gave for that was that he said this would risk reigniting the people-smuggling trade of boat arrivals.
0: Yeah, it's classic Liberal versus Labor politics, but one contrarian to call out on the Coalition side was Deputy Prime Minister and Nationals leader Barnaby Joyce. He had called for the family to be returned to Billa and during the election campaign he said his position had not changed. Spoiler
1: alert, Labor won the election and they moved really quickly on the Murragoppins case.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even a week after being elected that new Treasurer Jim Chalmers, uh, who was Interim Home Affairs Minister at the time, he announced that he had used his ministerial intervention powers to enable the family to return to Biloela, where they can reside lawfully in the community on bridging visas ahead of the resolution of their immigration status.
1: And those are the key words right there, resolution of their immigration status. How is it going to be resolved?
0: Yeah, it's a really great question because (laughs) uh, the case has will and truly been before the courts. What experts say is that it remains to be seen if the immigration minister, who these days is Andrew Giles, uh, will choose to execute his discretion to grant them a permanent visa. It's a tricky one for Labor to manage because they aren't the only people in this situation and Labor has been keen to be seen as tough on border protection as the coalition.
1: Just to give some context to that, there were around 30,000 people seeking asylum who arrived in Australia by boat between August 2012 and December 2013. 19,000 of them were granted refugee status
0: and then granted temporary visas. Yeah, and Labor has said that it will grant them permanent visas. Uh, Of the other 11,000, many have been deported and reports say that there's still around 1,400 people who were sent to Nauru and Papua New Guinea in 2013 who are awaiting resolution of their cases.
1: As for the Muruguppans, they are back in Bilawila after a big campaign from locals to get them out of detention.
0: Yep, lots of smiles, lots of tears mm. uh, when the family arrived. Um, the supporters say that they're in contact with Minister Giles, uh, who they hope will grant the family permanent residency soon. So there is
1: still some way to go. That is your shortcut to the Muruguppins' return to Billowheeler. Now, on to our recommendations. <music> Each week, we share some further reading, listening or watching. This week, mine is an article by The Conversation that gives a good insight into the history of Tamils, who they are and why they have been persecuted. It's good for a bit of context.
0: Yeah, good one. A bit more context is always good. Um, the campaign that the Home to Below advocates put together was pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a profile piece on the women behind it.
1: Yeah, nice one. Links to both will, of course, be in your episode notes and you'll be able to find them on our website if you look for Squiz shortcuts on the Squiz website. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you are enjoying shortcuts, we'd love it if you could leave a review in your podcasting app or tell your friends about it. And as always, we love hearing about what you would like a shortcut to. So if you've got any ideas, let us know at helloatthesquiz.com.au. Until next week.
0: Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us tell your family, tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.